0: Yes, if Jesus made a lasagna, I would inhale that. Wow. Yeah. Ouch. (laughs) Welcome back to Reason Together, the podcast for Christians who think about stuff. I'm Thomas, here with my good friend Daniel, as always. Yep. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Thank you. Good. Well, welcome to another episode, folks. I'd like to begin by thanking our patrons over at patreon.com slash reason together. Uh, they have decided to generously support this podcast so we can pay our editors uh, who help us out with the uh, the website and the blog and uh, the audio editing. So thank you to our patrons for doing that. If you'd like to join them and also enjoy some of the membership perks that they enjoy, you can go over to patreon.com reason together and just pick a membership level over there and we would be grateful. If not, you can keep listening for free. That's all finding good too. Just be sure to share an episode with somebody. There you go. <laughs> Very good. Oh, all right. Well, why don't we jump right in uh, okay. tonight? Um, we uh, we have had some feedback from our last episode, and I thought we would address that first, and then we have an interesting listener question um, after that, and then we've got kind of a <laughs> Kind of a funny one for the after show, uh, which, by the way, you'd have to be a patron to hear the after show. So shameless plug there. Um, Anyway, let's start with the feedback that we have here. Okay. Um, Last time we talked about uh, the Exempla podcast and the Doyle's Fairies episode. Uh-huh. and uh, I know you had a chance to listen to that as well, um which by the way i don 't know if you saw the um the the um, the host of that podcast reached out to us um no i didn't he did uh yep um and uh he was I, I wish I could remember what he said now, but he was uh, surprised to hear him mentioned on our podcast, and I guess somehow he found us. Because we were recommended as a, uh, you know, something else you might be interested in. When he was looking up his own podcast, he saw ours kind of referenced down below somewhere as another similar interest. So he he started listening to that. And sure enough, he he heard us mention him. So um, hoping, I don't want to say too much, hoping that could uh, lead somewhere here. With, uh, in, yeah. in the podcast world. Uh, anyway, uh, the, the Doyle's Fairies episode, we talked about that. I hope that you listeners, if you've listened to the last episode, had a chance to do the homework, I guess, <laughs> and go listen to that. Um, if you haven't listened to that episode, there's probably going to be some spoilers, I imagine, as we <laughs> talk about this. Yeah. So you can pause now. <laughs> And, uh, and go listen to the example of podcast, the Doyle's fairies episode, and then come back to this point in our podcast. And then, and then listen here as we talk about it. Um, anyway, you're, you're fresher on it than I am. I listened to it a couple weeks ago, I think now, and you listened to it today, right?
1: I did. I did. Yep. Um, okay, why not, so why don't you start? So basically I believe it was 1930s. There was a, uh, a girl who took her dad's, uh, camera um back in the old days of cameras and took a picture with her sister and uh and she came back and said dad you gotta you gotta you know um what do you go develop you know develop Develop. this Mm -hmm. and uh and he's developing it and she says oh the fairies uh, the fairies showed up in the picture and uh, they So it showed their, the, one of the sisters was taking a picture of the other one of the sisters. And in front of her were these fairies supposedly dancing around or whatever. Mm. Um, and so they... Uh, they took this as, whoa, how, how about this? What was this potentially supernatural phenomena or something? And so the mother went and spoke somewhere on it and people of the Theosophical Society were deeply interested in that. <laughs> um, and and Arthur Conan Doyle, uh, who was kind of in that group, uh, really latched a hold of it and felt that he did some of his own research and was convinced that indeed these fairies were real. The girls were not uh, denying it. They were saying that they were real. Mm -hmm. Like uh,
0: actual fairies. They believed these were real fairies showing up in the photograph.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, some people had their criticisms that they looked too flat and the shadowing wasn't the same. Well, Arthur Conan Doyle, you know, sort of uh, provided a counter uh, to that objection and, and, uh, and, and wrote, an article on it. And I think even a book on it. Um, and he was, he was convinced and, uh, well past his death, some, I think 50 years later into the, about maybe, was it the 1980s? Maybe that finally, um, as an elderly lady, this sister, <laughs> uh, dropped the bombshell that it was a hoax and, uh, and her sister backed it up. And, uh, And all these years, all these years, they had said, you know, that it was, it was the real deal that these really were fairies. And of course it sparks Mm -hmm. all of this debate is, is there really fairies? And they caught the pictures and is it real? Is it legit? And she drops the bombshell. No, it was a, it was a hoax. And, (laughs) And people are saying, well, aren't you ashamed of yourself for, for doing this to people? And she said, no, they, they wanted to believe. Uh, yes. we were having fun and they, they believed cause they wanted to believe. Um, and so right. I think that was, that was, uh, the, uh, host's point was how do beliefs change? And he referenced Eve in Genesis chapter three, changing a belief from, uh, what God had told them, uh, regarding the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and what she wanted to believe. And, yeah. um, and so that was kind of the idea of the of the podcast was taking that that fairy story of people being duped because they wanted to be duped despite some criticisms and then saying, uh, are we the same way? Uh, do we have because each side looks at uh, an, an issue and says we have a, a cold, hard facts and so both sides seem to be doing that. Um, and so we we believe something because we want to, or we don't believe it because we don't want to. At least that was the um, the podcast host's um, take on it. Yeah. Did I summarize that about right?
0: Yeah, I think you summarized yeah. that quite well. And, and I do think that that was his predominant theme, is sort of teaching a lesson through a story <clears throat> oh, <yeah. clears throat> about why some people believe things that are false and that you you hit the nail on the head uh, and you know by bringing up what that lady said that they wanted to believe mm-hmm. and i think that really is sort of the driving feature of why people sometimes believe false things is because they want to but in in discussing sort of that theme I'm going to have to take it a step further because I don't think that everyone believes false things just because they want to believe it. I think maybe the first people that believe the false thing do, but then subsequent people believe it just because everyone else does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they might say, yeah, I don't, I don't really want to believe that fairies are a real thing. That seems weird to me, but look at all these people that, you know they claim it's real. (laughs) And, uh, and suddenly now you have generations of people that, you know, believe false things or whatever, you know, depending on what the thing is. Um, and go ahead, go ahead. ahead. I was going to say it brought up some other, uh, possibilities of discussion here that are related to this, like real examples of this happening. So do you know who Nelson Mandela is?
1: A uh, little bit. I mean, I'm aware that he was a political figure. Is it Nigeria, Nicaragua, or something? Was it? Uh... Honestly, I couldn't tell you where.
0: Um, okay. I think somewhere in Africa. Okay. And there, there's an entire effect named after him because mm-hmm. he died in the year 2013. Okay. Uh, if I remember right, I did some writing on him a while back. The first president of South
1: Africa and, and a anti-apartheid activist that's what
0: okay thank you mandela.org
1: says
0: (laughs) okay um but he died in 2013 and when the announcement came out that he had died there was a lot of people that were surprised because they assumed he had died in prison in the 1980s (laughs) and it's like large swaths of society believed that he had already been dead for 20 30 years at this point really Yes. Um, So it became termed the Mandela effect. And that is the ability for people to believe false things simply because they heard it somewhere and then it just gets repeated and repeated and repeated. Nobody ever actually verifies it. So I think that the lesson of believing something because you want to believe it, that's one half of the equation. The other half is people believe false things because they just assume everyone else is right. Um mm-hmm, there's mm-hmm. all sorts of examples of this if you think about it uh, in our culture today for for example, if you swallow gum, what happens? Have you heard this?
1: I'm uh, not for sure go ahead <laughs> um, people used to say that if the you swallow hooks. gum <laughs> yeah, yeah. it stays
0: it. <laughs> I can't believe you've not heard this. If you eat gum, if you swallow your chewing gum, the, the 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 notion is that it stays in your system for seven years.
1: Oh, I've probably heard something like it. Maybe yeah. but okay, seven. But years. do you
0: know that that's completely false? I'm sure.
1: <laughs> it comes out. So
0: it comes out exactly the same rate of speed as uh, everything else Anything you've else? eaten that day. Um, <clears throat> not to be too graphic, but you know that's just one thing. You know, or or for example. That you lose most of your heat through the top of your head.
1: Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, I, I heard it yeah. at one point forty percent.
0: Yeah, no, not not true. Unfortunately, really? uh, no, yeah. you lose heat throughout many parts of your body. It's not necessarily mostly through the top of your head. Um, <laughs> We're not like walking chimneys. <laughs> No, no, we we're certainly not walking chimneys. But I could see how people would come to that conclusion. You know, heat yeah, goes yeah, up, sure. and your head is up on your body, so right, that's where right. all the heat's going to come out because you're a walking chimney. Um, certainly, certainly not true. Um, or the idea that you only use ten percent of your brain, <laughs> not true, really. I mean, unless you have some sort of pathological condition or some traumatic injury to your brain, but if you've got a normal, healthy brain, you use all of it. Uh, It all functions for different things and uh, you use all of your brain Uh, or cracking your knuckles causes arthritis was another Mm -hmm. one Uh, Mm -hmm. that that isn't true either. Um, But in fact, that one, I believed that one years ago Mm -hmm. Um, and and those things have all been sort of debunked. But yet they still persist in society. And by the way, there are even doctors today that still believe some of these things and -hmm. will tell their patients that. Um, But false things persist because we just assume the rightness of other people sometimes without really verifying things that are said.
1: I can't Um, remember who it's attributed to. For some reason, I'm thinking Abraham Lincoln. Maybe I'm wrong. But uh, if you say something long enough and loud enough, people will tend to believe it. Um.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah maybe it's attributed to him but i mean i've heard it said too like half the things on the internet are attributed to either abraham lincoln or mark <laughs> twain <laughs> um yeah, yeah so right. <laughs> but, but who knows who actually said that um but i remember even in my time in ministry in connecticut i would hear people say things that they just knew were in the bible you know certainly pastor cleanliness is next to godliness is in there somewhere. right? Uh, n- nope. no, it's not. Nope. Uh, or, or the or, or money is the root of all evil right? Though this this may <laughs> yeah. be uh, more of just a misquote than uh, a false memory, but yet it's a falsehood that persists. Mm-hmm. It's actually the love of money that is the root of all evil or pride goes before a fall. A lot of people know that one. Uh, and that's actually not in there either. <laughs> it's <laughs> pride goes before or destruction. destruction. Yeah, yeah. So there's all these things that get repeated. And by the way, our, our our Baptist world is no different. We repeat false things too. Christians are not immune to this idea. And it's, I mean, I remember, okay, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm jumping from thing to thing here, but this just came to mind when I was, uh, when I took a few classes in college years back, um, there was a paper I had to write on false memories Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you know that it's really not difficult to take the average person and sit them down and remind them of that time that they were three years old and they were in a mall with their parents and they got separated from their parents and they were found by a, a man in a flannel shirt who picked them up and returned them to their family.
1: When it never um, happened, but then they when it never happened. It. Yeah,
0: right. And there's entire organizations that have been founded just for this purpose to, to examine witness testimony that has been used to convict people of crimes that they still insist they were innocent of. And they have actually gone back and found that people were able to create false memories because there was a pressure to be a witness, a pressure to be a certain thing or to see a certain thing. And they're like, well, I guess, yeah, maybe I did see that. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: And they affirm that they saw something that they didn't actually see because their mind is constructing it. Um, false memories are a real thing that happens and Christians are not immune to it either. And what happens is that when those things get repeated, when falsehoods get repeated, like, like Mandela died or what have you, everyone starts to assume, well, enough people are saying this, it has to be right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, so you see, it becomes a problem real fast. Sure.
1: Yeah. Um, to go back to the podcast, I thought, um, as I listened to it, I, I couldn't quite like put my finger on it exactly, or exactly um, uh, express w- uh, a concern that I had. I felt like it was an oversimplification, maybe, to say that um, that people just believe what they want to believe. Be- people believe what they believe because they want to, um, like. because there's a part of that that's willful now i understand if you come to deception uh you you know you may believe it whether you want to or not but sometimes when you're self-deceived you can lead yourself into that error because you want Mm -hmm. it to be true and finally you justify it long enough that you sort of convince yourself that it's true because you did want to but but as a swath to say that people change their beliefs because simply because they want to one, one statement he made. And I thought he said, uh, I'm the same or something like that. He said, uh, I, I laugh at Arthur Conan Doyle. Um, you know, when I read his book uh, say, you know, how he was so convinced about these fairies uh, that he believed them because he wanted to, but I'm the same mm-hmm. because I don't believe them because I don't want to. Well, I right. feel like for myself, I'm like, no, I I don't care whether there's fairies or not. I I just don't think there are because it it contradicts. Or, or if I if 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 they do, then they fit into my theological system. But mm-hmm. it's not that I don't want fairies to exist, so I don't believe they exist. No, they just don't match up with what I have believed as given truth. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. not a want thing. It's um, so I think it's it's too so- much. If we were to like project that over everybody, maybe that wasn't his point. Where you started off uh, earlier, and I thought you said it well that some people change their beliefs because they want to believe something. Well, that's good because you now you're paring it down. But if you just make it a generalization that we all change our beliefs because we want to, uh, not really, I don't think. But
0: not all the time, no. Uh, but I think I think we're all susceptible to it.
1: Um, yeah, sure. and,
0: and like, for instance, if, if I were to ask you this question, you know, hypothetically don't, so don't answer it. This is just hypothetical. But okay. if I said, Daniel, are there any things that you believe to be true simply because you want them to be true? I don't know that you could actually answer that question. Uh, because really there is a self-deception involved when someone wants to believe something is true. They've convinced that it, themselves that it's true, despite all of the evidence that they see. So they they literally have blinders on. They can't see the forest for the trees. So so if you were to ask them, is there anything you believe that that you only believe because you want to? They would probably say, no, everything I believe is based in evidence. <laughs> uh, Maybe. Well, I'll hold on.
1: I, yeah, I think it's dispelled pretty easily, though. Yeah. Um, with, especially with thinking people, people that are, are willing to consider even their own beliefs when you simply ask the question, why? <clears throat> um, so tell me what you believe about that. Why? What's your source of authority? Where do you get that? You know, mm-hmm. and if, if the next answer is, well, I don't, that's what I've always, I don't know. Well, then yeah. you really are just believing because you want to. And that is true of us, that a lot of what we believe is what's been told to us and we want to mm-hmm. believe that it's true. But other than it being told to us, we don't have the factual basis for it. And, and I yeah. think that's natural in life that for every child, you indoctrinate them. You want to. You, you teach them something. But it, eventually, you want them to go to the source and dig for themselves and become rooted into the source, not just your word for it. Even though you are telling them what is true, they need to go to the actual source of the truth, you know what I sure. mean, and root down. Either way, they yeah. can believe, but one is more substantive than the other.
0: Yeah, and, and these can be large things, you know, big theological matters, or they can be really simplistic things, too. Sure. Um, like, the, you know, the vast majority of our brethren still to this day believe that help meat is a thing. <laughs> um, just, just from not understanding the usage of the word there, you know. Um, and there yet it persists. is a help,
1: meat for him.
0: Yeah. She's a a helper appropriate help. for him. Correct. Yeah.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so, so, and it's like, it's persistent to the point where, you know, whole books have been used with that word in the title. Mm-hmm. Uh, even just the other day, I was listening to something where the pastor referred to the wife as a helpmeet, And it's like that. Okay. and And that's why I say it doesn't have to be a major, huge theological issue. Sometimes it can just be the persistence of a misused word. or misused phrase or an idea that people don't verify, it started out as a false thing that someone believed. And then it turned into something that everyone just repeated without ever verifying. And -hmm. it's kind of scary because it makes you wonder how many of the things that we say could potentially be like that. (laughs) Yeah, um, right. It so, really makes right, you think. Right. And it's like, yeah. oh, I I got to do the work. I got to I got to look into this. Right, um, even as you a know, young
1: young preacher, how much of what am I I am saying uh is just repeating what I've been told or what I've right. heard, you know, or have I right. studied that and done the research and can really <laughs> land it?
0: There was and and maybe this hits a little close to home. When I was in Bible college for the short time that I was in it, there was a Common sentiment, because my brother was going to a different Bible college.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He was going to the one that you went to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, when people found out that my brother went there, they would say things, oh, that, that Bible college, they're not local church only. I can't tell you how many times I heard people say that. They're not local church. They're not local church. Yeah, yep, they're not local right. church. Yeah, and, and I just took it for granted that that was true, because so many people said it. And... <laughs> I didn't find out till a good while later. Well, that wasn't true at all. <laughs> <laughs> right. In fact, in a lot of ways, they were uh,
1: more local church. But, yeah, not in the way um, that they originally defined, wanted to define it. But right, yeah, right. Yeah. So
0: it's like you know, and and there's all sorts of issues that we could talk about that are just like that. Where, boy, we come to find out later, man, I I believed a false thing. <laughs>
1: yeah or well, you know you said earlier somebody says a fault like they they teach a false truth or something whatever however you said it well sometimes it's even uh in say the uh illustration of the help meet or any one of a thousand different things <clears throat> it, that it's just an inaccuracy um yeah it it, it, it kind of it plays off the real and they're not even necessarily meaning to deceive just maybe in some you know in a level of of ignorance, they say a certain statement, which later, if they were say, "Oh, oh, right. you know, actually, I should say it this way," but right, they say but it then, this way, and then it's repeated and repeated. Right,
0: but uh, then why do the listeners just accept it? Why aren't they yeah. skeptical of it? Because they want it to be true. There's there's a part of them that doesn't want to question it. It that just could be
1: it, or they're just lazy. Sounds right sometimes. And and I don't I don't mean that as a you know pejorative against you know a bunch of people. I'm just saying that if we don't really want to do the homework. We, we like the guy, we trust the guy well enough. I'll just take him at his word. Right. But I guess I'm
0: kind of seeing those two things going hand in hand, you know, the, uh-huh. the laziness aspect and yeah. the fact that they just want what they hear to be true, mm-hmm. you know, so they see no need to look into it any further. Um, I, I see them kind of being two sides of the same coin, mm-hmm. the laziness and the desire for what they heard to be true. That's mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh That's a scary thing, but it, you know, it really prompts you to, to want to do the work and, you know, find good podcasts where they reason together about stuff.
1: (laughs) That's very good. Well done, Tom. Um, (laughs) so no, it is, it is a good reminder, isn't it? That we need to be willing to, and I'm sure we've said it before, uh, evaluate our beliefs. Uh, truth will stand cross-examination. Now uh, we don't, necessarily advocate becoming a skeptic of everything you've ever believed, you know, and doing that overnight and casting it all out the window. Uh, but, but you should be willing to ask yourself the question, why do I believe that? And then if you can't answer, if you can't give a good answer to it, start doing some homework, (laughs) start asking some counsel, the men that have said that to you say, Hey, I've always heard this. And I have to admit, I really, I, I really don't know why can you help me? Um, and if they can't, you know, just keep following that trail, I guess, but
0: right i was thinking about this the other day um not not directly related to this conversation but actually from a different conversation and i guess it kind of applies but it's like you know we we grow up a lot of us in christian homes <clears throat> we hear the same things our whole life and uh you know we go off to bible college maybe we don't but we we go through that period and and then we go off into ministry if we're called to ministry and you could spend your entire life in ministry. Does it seem sort of odd that someone could at 18, 19, 20 years old, learn everything perfectly and interpret everything (laughs) rightly, and then never have to change what they believe ever again for the rest of their days?
1: Sure. That seems
0: not only odd, but in some cases, it seems arrogant to me. Um, yeah, to, to that say someone that, to, would suggest I got it right years ago, and I'm I I just feel no need to ever question what I believe about that. That just seems kind of arrogant to me in some ways.
1: I think there's I think there's two sides to that. In one way. in one way, if you're accepting what has been passed down to to, to you as orthodoxy from many generations, you might feel feel more bold to say i'm repeating what if you will the forefathers have believed this is orthodoxy and uh though i haven't always studied it i've always or, or, you know though i i haven't always known this prior to being 19 years old i have been taught it now and i believe it you know uh yeah. okay well i can i can i can appreciate. Um, you know, I can even hear that same sentiment from Paul that you accepted what I told you. Now, granted, Paul was an apostle, and he was speaking sure. sometimes by inspiration and things like that. But, um, but there is something to the traditions that have been passed down to you, and there's a reason why generation upon generation of men have believed these things. And you know, the yeah. the conflict over the uh, the deity of Christ was fought in the first century. You know, I mean, or first mm-hmm. or second century. I mean, those sure. were those were fought a long time ago. But,
0: uh, yeah, and I, and I'm not saying to question the Bible. I'm saying that it's wise for us to question our interpretation of things if we've always just taken it, yeah, at someone else's word and not really looked yeah, into right. it ourselves sure.
1: and i and I agree with that too, to still say even though it's orthodoxy, then I should step back and say, no, let's just make sure this is rooted here right and
0: mm-hmm. and, and even orthodoxy, there there is a there is, in a sense a a flaw at the idea of just believing something because it's orthodoxy because such is the nature of false memories and false things that over generations uh, is the truth, changes, the, the truth kind of decays in a way and mm. and it gets it devolves into something that really wasn't orthodox. It wasn't there at the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. now some version of it that's mm-hmm. a little tweaked and a little skewed, but everybody still says is the old paths. Right, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I use that phrase sure. deliberately, when really the old paths looked nothing like that. Um. So, all that to say, someone might tell you this is orthodoxy, and it might not be. Mm-hmm. You just have to do the work yourself.
1: Good, good. Um. And uh, yeah, <coughs> and then we could dive off into a conversation, but I don't want to right now necessarily. But how do you, how do you determine your? source of authority. Because, you know, he said in the podcast, each side quotes cold, hard facts. And to me, I say, well, yeah, but at a certain point, there there ought to be a winner. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That yeah. one is approaching it more logically and has a case. And if there is no winner, then we're probably not talking about a bedrock truth. Right. You well, know? I mean,
0: sure. Well, and that that implies that you're able to hear both sides. The, the issue is that many times... Uh, one side of the argument is shuttered and yeah, already yeah. disabused from an entire group of people to that they won't even consider listening to the other side. So mm-hmm. they're just stuck in this constant feedback loop of the same information over and over sure. again. They can't evaluate both sides. you know. And I've mentioned this before on, on the podcast, uh, so this is not a new thing, but the concept that Calvinists don't evangelize. I used to believe that was true. Mm-hmm. And that's just not true. But it's because- Not as a broad I, brush, right? No, no. And it's because I was kind of in the same feedback loop of information Mm -hmm, where people mm -hmm. just assume that's true. They repeat to each other that it's true. So we just all take it for granted that it's true and it's really not. Um, So, and that's just one example, but, and I forget where I was going with that, but all that to say, we do have to look into things ourselves and we have to be able to evaluate both sides of the argument and, and really the best way to allow someone to do that is let them see it all. Let them mm-hmm. see it all. But I think oftentimes the leadership, the spiritual leadership in our movement is more like, no, we have to hide that dangerous information from people. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, I get that to an extent if if it's a young kid in your family and you know they're very impressionable and you need to kind of shape them for a while, but- When you're talking about Christians in a church, grown men and women, they have to be able to hear the merits of things um, and evaluate it themselves. Um, Otherwise, you just can end up with people in a bubble. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, Let me go on to another uh, question or feedback. And I I claim responsibility for this one because I think I probably made a little bit bigger deal of it. In another episode, but uh, one uh, writes in, I and, or say, both of you expressed dislike for gospel-centered ministry. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that concept means different things to different people, and that's absolutely true. Perhaps you could address that again in more depth sometime. So, do you want to give a thought on that? Um, I I do. Yeah, Yeah,
0: I I do. And, And, you know, maybe it's partly my fault that I didn't really define what I meant by it. (laughs) <laughs> um, or, or develop it when I talked about it, but you know, the question of, of how do you define what it means to be gospel centered? Here's what I think. And this is my theory. Okay. And, and try, try to prove me wrong. It's essentially a newer term.
1: Don't listen to Tom. I do yeah. to prove you wrong now. I just, I just, okay, you thanks. To... Yeah. Argument <laughs> over.
0: Um, I think it's essentially just a replacement phrase for, a spiritual life or a godly life <laughs> or, or a Christ centered life. In fact, I think there are, are many who would, who, who would call themselves gospel centered, who would affirm that it's the same as being Christ centered in your life. So like the difference between a Christian who says he's a Christian and can repeat Christian things and sloganeer as a Christian, but their life doesn't seem anything like a Christian life. Um, we would say maybe they're not a spirit-filled Christian, mm-hmm. whereas the gospel-centered person say, "Well, they're not a gospel-centered Christian because a gospel-centered Christian actually lives out what the gospel saved them for, right?" Um. So, but the, the reason why I tend to not like it, um, and, and I'm not against it, I just I tend to not like it because it's so ubiquitously used for <laughs> right. just about everything. Um. So, like um you know you have a problem with you know uh selfishness you know what's the solution to that boy the, the, just think about the gospel just just be gospel centered well, okay i oh, all right so, so show me the connection here. Um, it just seems sort of ambiguous and and uh, and kind of uh, frou-frou, kind of lofty in, in a way. And it doesn't really connect the dots uh, very clearly with some things. Uh, you, you just can't take any problem in life and say, oh, just be gospel-centered and that'll fix it. Well, you have to tell me what you mean by that. And and what it ultimately means is just be a spirit-filled Christian, <laughs> right? Um but that's why I say it's a newer term that essentially replaces terms like spirit-filled or spiritual or godly um, and such. I get,
1: for me, I, I would say that um, when, when, it, when it seems like they're drawing, and this may be one of a couple reasons why I don't care for it, but when, it, when I feel like you're drawing everything uh, down to the gospel, I, I feel like you're, you're carving a lot out of the picture. You're, right. you're uh, and it's not, to, I understand if you take gospel as a larger, God saved you to this. Well, okay, yeah, but technically the gospel is more talking about redemption, about reconciliation, about justification and things like that. And sure, if we think about those gospel truths, should it impact our life? Well, sure, but to yeah. say that everything should be centered on the gospel, I feel like, well, but what about discipleship and the glory of God? I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, you can see that in the gospel, but I mean, at what point are we stuffing so much into the gospel concept and then calling right. it gospel? So yeah, I guess it just, to me, it's a little bit, like you said, we're ubiquitous, but it, it's it's that... Um, what does the term really mean and is it right i'm not maybe so concerned about what you mean but what it sounds like you mean well if you can't convey it appropriately with the term you know then i don't know that it's really valuable so right
0: well it would be like saying so for instance you know as a christian the gospel is part of the means the major part of the means by which uh the holy spirit quickened me and gave me life right Mm-hmm. um i'm alive you could say spiritually because of the gospel that would be a fair statement but like physically i'm alive right and, and mm-hmm. my kids when they have a struggle you know i don't say to them well think about life you know <laughs> they, they get into a spat with each other boys boys be life-centered be life-centered Um,
1: you know they're, they're, you know they're having some
0: some some temptation issue or spiritual problem. Boys, just be
1: life centered. Get your mind on life. Yeah, all that it encompasses and means to you. Okay,
0: right. It's just so nebulous as to almost be of little value. Um, Whereas if I could say, you know what, be spirit filled, that's a little more on the nose. You know, that that mm, yes. means th- there, there's some things involved in that. I've got to repent of some things and I've got to ask the Lord for direction in this. And I've got to, I've got to uh, yield my will and yield myself to the Lord and ask him to fill me once again with his spirit and enable me to do the right thing. Uh, you know, that that's a little more direct and, and instructive and has actual teeth to it, some meat mm-hmm. to it. Whereas to just say, just be gospel centered. It's like, what? What do you mean?
1: Like yeah. tell well, tell me and, something. And it to me it caters to or at least I fear maybe this is why I I sort of it repels me a little bit is that it seems to cater to a broad group of people that can agree on a minimal amount of doctrine. So, oh, we all we all value the gospel, though honestly, I don't even know that we agree on the gospel. Um, mm. you know, from, from place to place, what, what it actually is or what a right presentation or, you know, an accurate expression of it would be, but, um, but, oh, let's be gospel centered. Well, how about, how about Bible centered and let's talk about the whole counsel of God and, and yeah. what about sanctification and holiness and purity and, 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 you know, purified yeah. zealous well, of good works. Well, if, if you bunch all that up into gospel... Well, okay, um, sure, but- and
0: I understand your reason. I'm a little less on board with that reason for mm. rejecting the term "gospel-centered." Frankly, if I thought it was a useful term, I don't care who's using it or why. I'm going to use it too if I thought it was useful. Um, you know, so the fact that a a broader evangelical movement uses the term "gospel-centered." I don't care. If I thought it was a good term, I'd use it too. Of course, then I'm going to get, you know, guns pointed at me from every direction by people saying, oh, you're an evangelical now because you use the term gospel-centered. Uh, so what? <laughs> you know, if I just don't think it's very useful. That's mm-hmm. my reason mm-hmm. for, for kind of
1: not liking it. Maybe not just useful, not accurate. Um, you know, I mean, certainly Well, I... Mean, I- if I think yeah, of the gospel, I, will it help me? But should the gospel alone be the center of everything that I do? My gospel centered this my gospel centered child rearing and my gospel centered this, my gospel centered that. How about, you know, I we we you know, but how about I get we it pursue though. God and grow in truth and be sanctified and use the yeah, more, but some more words than explaining everything by gospel?
0: Right. But I, I get it though, because you can't do any of that had it not been for the gospel. I, I, I get it. Right. I can, I can see it. It's the starting point. Right. Um, so, so that, that part at least makes sense to me that you can't be sanctified without the gospel having been used to save your soul. Uh, you, you can't say no to a single sin today. If it not, if it had not been for the gospel of Jesus Christ being utilized by the Holy Spirit of God to save your soul. Um, Right. And there may be truth
1: to that, but it's kind of limiting too.
0: Right. It's technically true, but it's in a sense almost backing up too far to deal with a present issue where there are are terms in the Bible closer to my present issue than the gospel, if if that makes sense. You know, the gospel is a number of steps back. I'm dealing with terms like spirit filled, right? And, uh, you know... um, Uh, help me out here, other terms that are closer to our present issue, uh, you know, uh, yield yourselves, right? Mm -hmm. That's a good good Bible phrase, yield Mm -hmm. yourselves. Mm -hmm. That's closer to my present issue of sin than thinking about the gospel, which is how I got here in the first place. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's why I say it's more useful to me to think about those those terms, spirit-filled, yield yourselves, and so on. Um, does, Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So... Uh, but I'm okay
0: if somebody wants to use it. I just want them to define what it is and 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 really find a usefulness to it, not just ubiquitously say it as something we say. So
1: Yeah, right. And the problem with that is that every time somebody says it, they're going to have to define it again because how many <laughs> definitions are there out there? So if you have sure. to define it every time you say it, um, is it really a good term to <laughs> Because right. maybe well, just find I mean, a
0: different way to express there, it. Totally side tangent here, but there's another word exactly like that that we use all the time in our movement. That's the word fundamentalism. Uh-huh. Um everyone who uses it defines it differently. <laughs> and and <laughs> that's why it's like at a certain point, can we just throw the word out? It's just kind of a useless word. You know, h- historically it wasn't a good thing. It's confusing to people today. Uh it, you know. <laughs> so anyway, I digress. I'm just thinking of of other words like that where it's like, you know, why cumberth at the ground. Just give it. <laughs> that, that's a good biblical phrase you could have fun with. Um, I can't take credit for that though. There's a book of the same title. Really? Um why cumberth at the ground and it is a book about um fundamentalism Averbia. in that sense. The, the usage of the word and how Historical okay. fundamentalism wasn't everything people think it was today. Again, there's, there's those false memories again,
1: um, those things that get repeated. <laughs> so anyway, we are pretty close to, to no, actually, you yeah, know, no, no, no. We, uh, we got on right about on time. I know we had some yeah, technical we difficulties, but, uh, so I think we're going to probably just tease uh, our question and move into the after show talking about um, Jesus and lasagna and so that
0: that is the weirdest thing
1: (laughs) yeah and that's not meant to be like sacrilegious or anything um but just well it actually actually has an interesting question it sounds corny at the outset but it does bring up an interesting take that i think is fair to think about yeah yeah
0: it does and uh without giving away too much i actually asked this question to my family And I think it's an earnest question. I think the listener who asked it, um, you know, I I don't see any bad motives. I think it's an earnest question. And it does bring up a legitimate conversation. Um, But I'll tell you what I said to my family, a phrase that never in all my life I could have imagined came out of my mouth. But I literally (laughs) uttered the words, yes, if Jesus made a lasagna, I would inhale that.
1: Wow. Yeah. 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 Ouch. (laughs) Again, I don't
0: I don't mean that to be disrespectful or irreverent. I I hope you you listeners will know us well enough by now that that we're not trying to do that. There was a legitimate question asked. So if you want to hear it though, that's right. Patreon.com slash reason together.
1: And if you have any feedback about um, gospel centered or Doyle's Fairies or Lasagna. Send it our way to reason together podcast at gmail.com. That's reason together podcast gmail.com. Or if you
0: want to just send us a real lasagna, you can email that same address (laughs) and, and ask for my physical mailing address. And I will gladly accept a lasagna uh, shipped by FedEx.
1: (laughs) Um, That's right. Feel free to send that to Tom. Now, if you want to send me, um, you know, a real lasagna, send me uh, tickets uh, home, or something like that, um, and uh, or to Italy. Have you ever had a real Italian tomato sauce?
0: Well, I mean, my dad used to make tomato sauce, yes. and he is a real Italian, so yeah, so he probably
1: kind of has it like the recipe technically, there. Yes, That'd I guess fair. I don't
0: know. Yeah, I, I I don't know if his is like the best that's ever existed. Okay, I, honestly, it's been a long time since I've had it, but I, I know remember. he did make it a few times. That's and neat. he is a real Italian. Did so he make his own I, pasta? No, I don't think so. I think he made gnocchi one time.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think neat. maybe that's a false memory. I false memory. Yeah. Remember uh, Tom when your yeah. dad made you a uh, gnocchi and and real pot and real pasta sauce? Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, he pulled it out of the bag when he got home from uh, Walmart.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. My no. my wife has made us real pasta though. That's
1: that's neat. That's neat. That's a legit I, thing. I Worth recall doing. being in Italy and noticing, oh, this sauce is different. Um, it it was it was good um and uh and then and then types of cheese I remember our missionary Italian missionary making a big deal about uh we we put this uh what, what is a parmesan parmesan parma he's like I don't know what this American parmesan non-cheese substances or whatever yeah, that yeah we're sprinkling on top of our pasta <laughs> yeah but it, right. he didn't he didn't have no nope, that, that, that
0: powdery yeah you're talking about right. the powdery stuff that people yep. eat? no that stuff is horrible it's like eating <laughs> sawdust Get yourself some real parmesan cheese and put that on there and and i'll tell you it drives me crazy when people say mozzarella uh-huh Okay. Maybe that's overstating. It doesn't drive me crazy, but there is a part of part of me it in my brain that crazy. goes, uh-uh, mozzarella.
1: <laughs> 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 All right. Well, thank you again for joining us. Any thoughts? Um, some some things we need to bat around here? Things you've been wondering about or uh, an angle of something we haven't seen and a question that we've dealt with um, or a disagreement? Send it our way, Podcast at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you.
0: Thank you for being with us on this episode. We are encouraging balance, developing perspective, and connecting faith to practice. This is Reason Together.